was wondering if you could play that song again. Hmm, which one, man? The one that goes bee boo boo bop boo boo beep. No, man, you're thinking of beep boo boo bop boo boo bop. And now for the number one song in Bikini Bottom, Electric Zoo. Good morning, Auburn, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. As always, I am your host, Jack Hard, joined alongside my color man, Davis Carroll, and uh, we'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Opelika Megaplex and around the world. However, you may be joining us today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna, to the information superhighway on WEGLFM.com, or if you're tuning in after the fact on Transistor.fm, watching us on Eagle Eye TV, or listening to our podcast, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin Studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now outside it is 59 degrees, partly cloudy, and uh, it is a lovely Thursday morning. It is Veterans Day, so plan accordingly. We wish you a most sincere guten Morgen or a good morning, if you will, as we get on with the show. Davis, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good. Uh, I got to say, I almost missed the show because I didn't set an alarm last night, but mm. I just happened to wake up at 7.08, so it's a miracle. I also uh, got up unseasonably early today. Something, something about it. What time do you usually get up for the show? Um, wishfully... Seven, mm-hmm. more realistically, later than that. Okay. Um, my my salt lamp did turn on at three forty five, which alarmed me a little bit, um, because of the uh the time change. It usually comes on at four forty five. Mm. You got so, you got to change. You got to talk to your salt salt lamp about that. Yeah, it's it's uh, really messing up the energy in the room, if you will. So does a salt lamp like, what does it do in your rooms? It just takes some moisture out of the air. Do you lick it? I. It, it, it's not lamp. imperative that it's a salt lamp. It's imperative that it puts out light. Okay. So I just kind of use it to, so I'm not waking up in, in abject darkness every morning, which this, the sunrise being earlier combined with the salt lamp has combined to make my room quite bright when I wake up in the morning. There so you go. It's been doing its uh, desired desired uh, task. Um, at this point, I would like to remind our audience that if any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, you can do so at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your touchtone keypad. You can also send us a tweet at CDISCAU. That is at C-D-I-S-C-A-U on Twitter. And our dedicated team will uh, handle your inquiry. I'm taking a look at the tweet deck right now as we've already had some feedback roll in this morning from one Carter Bird of the what Extra Point talking fame. about Christmas trees? What was he talking about? Yeah, I mean, there's no telling with that guy. <laughs> um, so shout out to Carter Bird for uh, keeping it real on a Thursday morning like today. Uh, with that, we will jump right into the show. Uh, we will go ahead and head over to sports to start off the show. Um, it was uh, uh, an interesting week, uh, day of sports last night. 
there was some interesting action, if you will, in the uh, in the college football world. There were some weird moments over in the Mid America Conference. That, for you, those of you who don't know, that is the uh, conference made up of uh, G five schools from around the Great Lakes area. Um, so there was some weird rivalry games, and you know, anytime you play college football on a Wednesday, things are going to get a little weird. So uh, we'll take a look at your scoreboard from those games last night. As, ooh, where are they? Here they are. Uh, from Tuesday and Wednesday, you had Miami of Ohio defeating Buffalo 45-18. to Western Michigan defeating Akron 45-40. to You had University of Ohio defeating Eastern Michigan 34-26. And on last night, you had some very interesting games as... Toledo defeated Ball, uh, Bowling Green 49-17 to as uh, Bryant Kobach ran for two first-quarter touchdowns and Dequan Finn threw for three touchdown passes. So Toledo very impressive in their uh, matchup on uh, last night. And then you also had uh, Central Michigan, who uh, hung 54 on Kent State Um they're bowl eligible for the first time in a while, looking to get their first bowl win in over a decade on the Chippewas of Central Michigan. So they beat Kent State by 24. And then I think the game of the night was Northern Illinois defeated the Huskies, who are 5-1 and one in MAC play now. They defeated Ball State on a last-second field goal. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Davis, uh, but as the Northern Illinois kicker beat the uh, made the game-winning kick. He ran over to the Ball State sideline and started frantically looking around, and uh, everyone was very confused as why he was doing this. And then he eventually gave up looking around and just started running around the field doing the the ice in his veins situation. You're familiar. Mm-hmm. I uh, am. So uh, what had happened was uh, this guy, Northern Illinois kicker, was searching for the uh, the trophy apparently that Northern Illinois and Ball State play for. <laughs> Um, that was supposed to be on the sideline, but uh, was not. So he was frantically searching for it and eventually gave up once his whole team uh, showed up on the scene. It's called the Bronze Stalk. It is a trophy presented to the winner of the annual college football game between Northern Illinois and uh, Ball State, which is a weird rivalry. Um, My bad. I was, I was watching the video. I watching the video of it. Um, so I don't really know what a what a bronze stalk is. Perhaps like a stalk of wheat. Yes, I be, or it'd be an ear of corn is what I thought it was going to be. Is that a stalk? I guess a a stalk of wheat is right, but it's because it's an ear of corn. It looks like a stalk of wheat. It's like oh yeah, it looks like three stalks of wheat on like a. What's it called? The bronze. The bronze stalk. stalk. And it's a uh, yeah. It looks Man, like, no, Mid Midwest trophies are crazy. Yeah, you got like the one that like the the Floyd of Mayweather or whatever the heck the uh, the pig. Yeah, that's wheat. The, that's, that's that's a grain at it's, least. It's a it's a cereal grain on a wooden pedestal with uh, looks like the husky on one side and the Ball State card on the other side, and then uh, the all the winners on a golden plaque on either side of it. So, what this guy was doing was as soon as he made the game winning kick. He ran over to the sideline to probably heroically hoist this golden stalk back to uh, the the NIU sideline, but it was nowhere to be found. Everybody on Twitter just think he was going over there to just celebrate and kind of showboat on him, but in reality, 
He's trying doing, to find the bronze taking stock. Taking for the team, yeah. So, uh, bronze stock. They couldn't come up with a better name or a better trophy. Than a, why couldn't it be a gold stock? Is there is, is that too good for them? I mean, it seems like a pretty low-stakes low rivalry. That's These fair. These teams aren't even in the same state. Fair. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the scene in Maction last night. I mean, when, you, when there's not much else going on in the sports world, you can always count on Maction to um, keep, keep things interesting, for real. Hey, that's a, I mean, a stock. They get a lot of attention because they're the only games going on, if that makes sense. Yes, I um, get that. So that was an interesting development. And uh, once again, if you have not uh, checked out that video, just, I guess, search for, for Northern Illinois kicker. I'm I'm sure it's a meme by yeah, this point. Yeah, I looked up Northern Illinois Me- kicker. Memes, and I got memes it. proved pretty fast at this point, so I'm sure I'm sure that the meme people are already all over that. The the people that yeah the meme CEO is already pumping them out at the factory. So that was uh that was quite the scene last night. Um, we'll uh also be taking a look at college basketball, which as we know. Is uh is in full swing once again. Of course, Auburn had their game on Tuesday night. They'll have another game tomorrow night. But uh, the um they'll have another game tomorrow night. And the ladies team has a game tonight against Georgia Southern. They are tipping off their season against the Georgia Southern Eagles in Auburn Arena at 7 p.m. tonight. So if you're going to that, please plan on wearing white and supporting the ladies who also just signed a top. 20 recruiting class last night or last night was signing day so it was announced last night that they their their class was in the top 20 um so then there were two games last night wednesday night um university of michigan number six in the country defeated university of buffalo 88 to 76 and uh Jonathan Williams, the Buffalo forward, had 32 points in that one. Hunter Dickinson, the Michigan center, had 27 points in that one. And then uh, a surprising game from the night was the Florida State Seminoles put 105 on the University of Pennsylvania as Malik Osborne went for 18 uh, points, 13 rebounds, and one steal. Um, jumping over to the entire Division One scoreboard, Howard defeated Regent University Temple defeated Maryland Eastern Shore. Old Dominion defeated Virginia Wesleyan. James Madison defeated Carlo. Rutgers was on top of Lehigh just barely by three. Seton Hall defeated Fairleigh Dickinson. UCF beat Robert Morris. Wake Forest beat College of William and Mary. Western Michigan beat something called Hope. Hmm. Why would they beat Hope? That's it's not very good. It's not even available to click on on ESPN. Half these colleges don't aren't. It's For just me. the concept of hope. Carlo Western Michigan defeated all hope last night. VA Wesleyan or Virginia Wesleyan, is mm-hmm. that what it is? Regent, uh, Harris Stowe, none but of them are able to click Those guys have logos. I mean, None of them have logos for me. Hope? <laughs> it's a lost cause for hope. None of them, yeah. All those, uh, I think they're just fake schools they're playing. Sam Houston defeated Le Tourneau. Uh, St. Louis defeated Harris Stowe. Kansas State defeated Florida A&M by 10. Uh, Vanderbilt defeated Alabama State 91-72. Mississippi State beat North Alabama. Tulsa defeated Northwestern State. A&M defeated North Florida. Uh, Penn State was on top of Youngstown State. 
I lost my place. Long Beach State uh, upset Idaho up in the Potato State. New Mexico beat Florida Atlantic just barely by seven. Wyoming defeated Detroit Mercy. DePaul all over Coppin State won by 20. Northern Colorado travels to uh, Pacific and defeats them by just two points. UC Santa Barbara defeats San Francisco State. Seattle defeats Alcorn. UNLV uh, beats Gardner-Webb by four. And... In your final game of the night, in the Outrigger Hotels Rainbow Classic, the Golden Warriors of Hawaii defeat the Hawaii Hilo. So I think it's the, the same same college, different campus. Another right? one that doesn't have a as a, as I think travel travel costs to and from the the islands have gotten quite expensive. So they're they're playing in state for now. They're just gonna keep playing themselves. <laughs> All the satellite campuses, perhaps. <laughs> Auburn plays Auburn Montgomery. Ninety-seven to sixty-seven was the final in that Hawaii game. So uh, taking a look at what's coming up this weekend, what big games we have coming up Saturday. Um, we will be having Georgia Southern will play South Florida in a, in a big matchup. You've got Vermont taking on Maryland. Uh, UCF will take on Miami in an in-state clash. North Carolina A&T will be taking on University of Jacksonville. Um, Old Dominion will be taking on James Madison. South Alabama travels to Wichita State. So uh, Alabama A&M will be playing at Jacksonville State in state rivalry there. USC will be traveling to Philadelphia to play Temple. Mississippi State will be hosting Montana. Georgia will play Cincinnati. And let's see. Prairie View A&M will be playing Michigan. Campbell travels to uh, Durham to play Duke. California will be playing University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And uh, Texas will be playing Gonzaga. That's probably the game of the day, number five. Texas will be traveling to play the number one Zags in McCarthy Athletic Center, Spokane, Washington, 9 at 30 p.m. Central Time. That is the game of the weekend for your viewing pleasure. Top five matchup this early in the season. We are spoiled indeed. And with that, we will head to a quick break. We will keep it right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. When we come back, the discussion will continue. We might just touch on the NBA as their season continues to roll along. Let's take a look at your scores, standings, and more as we are hanging out with you on a Thursday, a Veterans Day morning here on WEGL. Thank a veteran today as you go about your day and enjoy your weekend if you have to leave us now. So we will talk to you later in about two minutes. Keep it right here on 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex Houston and Davis Carroll. Welcoming in Alex to the show on a Thursday morning such as today. Is it raining yet, Alex? Uh, there was a there was a light uh, drizzle as I was walking, but nothing else. So I think it's just going to get worse later this evening, at least when I check the forecast. That's why I brought my raincoat, but nothing right now. The rain sure. shall come indeed, but uh, thankfully for us it is staved off for now. All right, yep. we're going to hit your NBA scoreboard. It was, it was an NBA Wednesday last night. The Washington Wizards defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road to improve to 8-3. That was 97-94. Montrezzi Harrell 
uh, went 24 points in that one. Ricky Rubio got 20 for the Cavs. The Nets blew out the Magic down in the Amway Center, 123-90. to Kevin Durant went for 30 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists in that one, as the Nets put up 123 to improve to 8-4. The Celtics defended the Garden as Scotty Barnes scored 21 points for the Raptors as the Celtics prevailed 104-88. to The Milwaukee Bucks went to the Garden to get to 500. They're 6-6 six six now, 112-100. to Milwaukee Bucks defeat the New York Knicks. Um, Derrick Rose got 22 points and three rebounds, seven assists in that one. For the Knicks, uh, the Pistons traveled to Houston to get their second win of the year against the hapless Rockets, who are still sitting at one win, 112-104. to Jeremy Grant gets 35 points for the Pistons. The Bulls continue to uh, dominate the league as they improve to 8-3, 117 over 100 and to 107 against the Mavericks. Lonzo Ball, your leading scorer in that one for Chicago, 21 points in uh, in Dallas. Oh, that was in Chicago. Excuse me. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets defeat the Memphis Grizzlies, 118 to 108. Kelly Oubre with 37 points. John Morant with 32. The Thunder get uh, 108 over 100 against the Pelicans. Uh, the Spurs defeat the Kings 136 to 117. The Nuggets prevail over the Pacers 101 to 98. Will Barton gets 30 points for the Nuggets. The Suns defeat the Trailblazers 119 to 109. Damian Lillard 28 points. Frank Kaminsky 31. The Warriors defeat the T Wolves 123 to 110. As Anthony Edwards goes for 48 in that one for the T Wolves. And Last but not least, the game of the night were the seven and or the yeah seven and three Heat taking on the six and five Lakers. The Lakers win this one in overtime as Tyler Hero misses two clutch shots to seal the victory for the Showtime Lakers. And uh, the Heat are out of luck as Bam Adebayo scores twenty eight and Russell Westbrook scores twenty five. And that was your NBA Wednesday scoreboard. The NBA has been chaos already this year. The only things to check out are the teams that are in last place in the West. The Rockets and Pelicans are both in last place, which is to be expected because the Pelicans' uh, number one draft pick is apparently over 300 pounds, allegedly. Awesome. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Like, There's nothing official reported. All you can hear is the stories. And then in the Eastern Conference, the Pistons are in last place with the Magic in second to last place, but everything else is completely turned upside down. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, the Wizards would host the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, which is insane. Crazy. I think I think the people expected the Wizards to improve moderately. I think the trade of Russell Westbrook was a good trade. I mean, you you got in a lot of decent role players. Kuzma and Harrell are pretty good, but I don't think they expect him to be the top team in the East. And of course, we're only 11 games in, and one through eight is separated by only two and a half games. Yeah, but the Wizards have been so bad for so long, they haven't started a year like this. So, chaos in the NBA, except, of course, the Warriors are back to form at 10-1 and right now. Steph Curry, once again, proving he's probably the best player on the planet, at least relatively consistently. He's not the best player on the planet, but I he's mean, there. he's certainly putting himself back in the conversation, is just what I meant. Because I, th- I think after everything that happened last year, with them being a complete dud of a team, and then the year before, I think... A lot of people were, you know, starting to say, all right, well, he was just without the big three. Well, now 
he's without Wiseman and Clay Thompson, and he's still putting on a clinic game after game. So I think he's at least put himself back into a conversation that had pretty much closed off closed off to him previously. Mm-hmm. We'll see, of course, what happens. If they can string together uh, a spectacular season and keep this pace, then the question gets a lot more curious on whether or not he's going to be the MVP. Again, I don't know, but just a lot of interesting storylines to follow as the NBA season unfolds. And particularly, you know, if a lot of these teams that haven't figured it out yet, like the Celtics and Lakers, can figure it out more so later on in the season. Mm-hmm. Curry definitely returning to his old shooting form to help the Warriors improve too. 10-1 and one with a win last night. All right, uh, your top six in the Eastern Conference right now are Washington, Chicago, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Miami, and Cleveland uh, with the top six seats in the Eastern Conference. And out west, your top six are going to be the Warriors, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Mavs, and Clippers rounding out the top six out west. And uh, I am happy to see that the play-in tournament is returning for this season. At the end of the season, is that correct, Alex? I had forgotten if they had done that or not. I, I, I thought it it received a lot of rave reviews, so I figured they were going to keep it around. I well, believe I mean, it is. the it's More the league, games. Yeah, the league liked how it did, got more money. The players weren't as much, very happy about it, but the league is going forward with it, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it, will, it will be returning, which, I mean, I thought it, it helped, honestly, in terms of – because – one one problem that was in its experience throughout uh, a lot of sports is depending on the gap between your playoff teams and your non mm-hmm. by the final 6 or 7 games of the season half the teams aren't playing anymore right. not really especially you know a team that was in in the 10th spot in the 10th seed if they're 6 games back from 8 they're going to pretty much stop playing at that point cuz mm-hmm. at that point say you're in your final two games you need to win 6 and you need them to lose Six, which is incredibly unlikely down the stretch for any team. So I think it definitely solved uh, a sort of last segment of the regular season issue where there wasn't a lot of competition. Now there is. And, of course, we'll see how that continues to unfold with, you know, players getting tired, injuries. You know, that stuff always plays a factor in extending seasons and making seasons longer. So we'll see if it has any effect like that. But I think in terms of fan reaction, the NBA can really do no wrong with with the fans so far. They're the only, I think, league that consistently has good PR with their fans. It certainly helps that the NHL, MLB, and NFL all run in over themselves constantly in their own ways. They're all, each of their... Uh, in terms of whether it's commissioner controversy, owner controversy, the NBA has kind of avoided that. Of course... The whole Suns-Robert Sarver thing is a whole other, you know, just, I don't know, what's the Pandora's box of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And depending on what the league does about that, we could be having a different conversation a month from now. But I think right now, doing a lot of good, and the play tournament, in my opinion, is a thing that I enjoy. It certainly uh, provides intrigue as the, the season goes along, because I think by including the top 10, rather the top 8, to at least have a shot, at the playoffs, you're you're help you're getting the teams that are just going to barely make the cut, but I think ten is usually where the canyon in the standings uh, presents itself. Exactly. Because, I mean, your top your bottom four are obviously going to be having trem- tremendously bad records, whether that be for tanking or just lack of lack of talent on the court. But you got a uh, you got you know one one spot of wiggle room there, and I think your top ten. Uh, to expand the playoffs to effectively 20 teams 
uh, at least gives uh, intrigue down the stretch for the season. And I think you'll start to see it affect exactly how standings look because, again, the standings are going to get would get wider and wider when teams not, you know 10 through 15 would just quit playing. Right. But now we'll see all these teams competing for that 10th spot, so I think we'll see a lot different and a lot more competitive standings than years past. I think the only teams you'll see tank is 14 and 15, maybe maybe 13 as well, because those three teams are always significantly farther back from everybody else. But of course, we'll see, you know, four or five years down the line if it has a more dramatic effect on the overall standings and competition. That's right. I mean, you see, I mean, especially the NBA tries to discourage active tanking with the use of the lottery, you know. But I think this is going to discourage tanking even more because – uh, come come the All Star break, if you're sitting at that 11 spot, I mean, you you don't have to work that much harder to grab to grab. You just got to have to wait for one fly to drop, and the rest should follow. So I think I think it's great that uh, this planned tournament has returned. I can see why players would have an issue with it, and I can see definitely see why the league would be for it. Um, so I can see arguments on both sides, and I can see the motivation of both. And I think, you know. There's a reason there's a players' association. If it continues to be a problem for the players, they can definitely get rid of it in the future. Is what I would hope. Uh, I mean, that's the idea of the, the the collective action of the players. So yeah, the if there's a problem, the NBA PA will you know put their foot down. I feel I like imagine the and uh, NBA PA is one of one of the more powerful unions. Yeah, because I think because the players themselves have more influence mm-hmm. across just the world itself. I mean, think about the NFL. There aren't that many influential players just on society itself or compared to the NBA, significantly different. And it's the difference between, you know, 22 starters versus five. Exactly, exactly. And I think think it's definitely going to be something we'll see. And we'll definitely see, I think, the players affect it, or maybe they'll accept it and move on. All right, well, it'll be interesting to see how the 10 playoff spots will be dished out in the East and West this year rather than the typical eight that we've seen for many years in the past. We're going to have to head to a quick break. When we return, we'll continue to hang out with Alex and Davis here on a Thursday morning. We will talk uh, all things sports as we continue, including potentially Blitzball, as uh, we'll talk about America's number one lawn sport coming to Auburn, Alabama uh, yesterday. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. Keep it right here on WEGL 91.1. I'm your host, Jack Hart. We'll be hanging out with you until 10 a.m. today. So keep the dial right here on 91.1. We got weather coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. WiggleFM.com, or however you are joining us today. We thank you for doing so. It is Thursday morning, bottom of the hour, 8.30, just about. So we're going to hit your Auburn weather report. Right now it is 60 degrees and cloudy here on the Plains. High of 73 today, low of 49. Uh, That 49 will probably come later on today when it begins to rain. We have a 70% chance of rain this afternoon, just showers, no thunderstorms. It should cool off by this evening down to 60 degrees with an overnight temp of 53 degrees. Rain should blow over by then down to a 10% chance of rain this evening. Big band of rain stretching all the way across the country from Canada all the way down to the Gulf Coast, swallowing up most of the eastern side of the Mississippi River Basin all the way from Minnesota down to Georgia. So, uh, 
can't avoid it today, so we'll just have to deal with it. But we are in store for a beautiful weekend. Seven mile per hour winds, winds light and variable today. Sunsets at the same time, 443 as yesterday, 88% humidity, nine mile visibility here today. Moon is growing once again. First quarter should be a full moon now, any day now. Moving over to your 10-day forecast, uh, tomorrow will be 69 degrees and sunny. 43 will be your low, 7% chance of rain. And then on Saturday for the Mississippi State game is an 11 a.m. kick, so it will be a little bit chilly when you wake up on Saturday morning. 57 degrees will be the temperature during the day. 34 degrees will be the temperature during the night, so might get our first freeze of the autumn potentially on a Saturday evening. Uh, we'll warm up a little bit throughout the weekend and into next week. Highs of 59, 58, and 63 for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, respectively. But once again, for Saturday, for the Mississippi State game, will be 57 degrees during the day, probably a little bit colder when you make your way over to the stadium in the morning, and it will cool off once the sun climbs over the western horizon at uh, probably about 440 on Saturday evening. And that is going to be your uh, Auburn weather report. So thank you for joining us for that. We'll be back with another one at around 930. And you can catch them every top of the hour here on WEGL throughout the day. And with that, we will jump right back into the show. I want to remind you that we are broadcasting live not only on WEGL 91.1, but also WEGLFM.com. That is our website here at WEGL. And it is uh, pretty awesome because you can listen live to the station 24 hours a day. Whatever is playing, you can check it out. And there's a lot of good stuff playing today that you are going to want to check out. So after Compact Discourse, as always, we have our two hours of rock music. Same playlist as before the show. So if you enjoyed that, we were listening to some Foo Fighters before the show today. So if uh, that's your kind of jam, just stick around for two hours after the show today for some rock music. At noon, we have Birds Aren't Real with Rio. That is a music conspiracy theory show. And she uh, has a lot of fun in the booth bringing those to you. So keep it right here at noon on WEGL 91.1. At 1 p.m., we got the beat drop. That is a another music show. So from 12 to 2, you can listen to some great music here on Weagle. From 2 to 4, we got two of our sports shows. We got the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob and the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke. And I know they will be having a good time and talking about a lot of sports today as there's a lot to get to on a Thursday like today. Coming up after that, we've got Life at 33 RPM with Keaton. Um, that is a fun show where he plays vinyl records from uh, the 50s through 90s, I think, and that's why it's called Life at 33 RPM because that's the uh, that's how, how record players work, right, Davis? Rotations per minute. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, Walker Green's coming up after that one. Uh, New Noise with Walker Green. That's at 6 p.m. Another music show, and then closing off your Thursday with Moonlight Madness with uh, Jacob Goins. Goins, Goins, gone as we like to call him on WEGL, and he's going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the upcoming Auburn-Mississippi State game, a whole lot more, probably some Auburn basketball in there as well, as they'll be playing University of Louisiana Monroe tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So that's what's coming up on Weagle today and every Thursday uh, until uh, the end of the semester. So check it out. If you haven't already, Thursdays are one of our best days for shows, so you can just keep that dial right here on WEGL all the way from 8 in the morning to 8 at night, and you will be thoroughly entertained if I do say so myself. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WEGL underscore AU. That's WEGL underscore AU on all three of those social media platforms, both Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, and we have content coming out almost daily, at least somewhere on one of those. So 
if you are bored or not so bored, you can uh, check those out, and there will be something for you there. Uh, we got Auburn Stages tonight. Auburn Stages, once again, will be coming up, presented by WEGL and College of Architecture and Design. Drosera is coming to be at the Central Dining Hall tonight. Uh, doors open at 5 p.m., and music begins at 6 at Alex's favorite place on campus, The Edge. So uh, yes. you can uh, you can go see Drosera. Our third to last Auburn stage of the semester. We got one more on the 18th, and then one last one on the 2nd of December. So uh, Dylan's putting together. Uh, Dylan has already put together a full schedule of shows for the spring semester. Uh, they'll start off inside until it warms up, and then uh, they'll move back outside again, uh, as like we did at the beginning of the semester. So Auburn stage is coming up tonight. Once again, that's Drosera at the Edge at uh, this evening, 5 p.m. You all want to show up and get a good seat. 6 p.m. is when the music starts, typically. So that is something you can check out if you would like. Um, we've also got some UPC events. Uh, our friends over at UPC have some stuff coming up. You can watch Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. The movie will start at 7.30. That is in Student Center 115. I believe. Oh, excuse me, no. That's in the Science Center classroom building, uh, which is over there by Parker Hall. Uh, for how much longer? I don't know. But for right now, it is right next to Parker Hall. Um, so if you want to go in that big auditorium and watch Anchorman with UPC, you can do that tomorrow at 7 p.m. And we will start at 7.30. That's presented by the Plainsman, Tiger Knights, and UPC. Uh, there's usually free popcorn and drinks at those. So check that out. And then we've also got a gaming social. That one is uh, tonight from 5 to 8 p.m. next to Aubon Payne in the gaming corner. There is going to be Mario Party, Mario Super Sluggers, Black Ops 3 Zombies, Super Smash Bros., and more. Free pizza presented by UPC. That's in the gaming corner tonight if you are a gamer and you would like to get some free pizza and hang out with some some fellow gamers, play some games. All right, and that's going to do it for your campus announcements. I uh, would also like to remind everybody that you got Auburn women's basketball tonight against Georgia Southern. Uh, wear white if you're going to that one as Coach Jay looks to get her first real win in Auburn Arena tonight. And I like their chances against Georgia Southern. And you've also got the men's basketball team back in action after a win over Moorhead State. They will be playing University of Louisiana Monroe, same time, same place, 7 p.m. on Friday night. Lions going to form, Lions going to officially start forming at 4 p.m. And the doors will open at 5.30, and if you want a little insider information, if you want to get a floor seat, you might have to show up a little earlier than 4 p.m. So, And not to mention with Coach Jay, new era starting for Auburn women's basketball. They just signed a top 20 uh, class last night, which is a very difficult thing to do when you're coming off going 4-27 and in the SEC and winning 16 games in the last two years. Very impressive start for Coach Jay in her first year, and definitely a lot of exciting things happening. Um, around Auburn's campus. I think Auburn Gymnastics also just signed a five-star na- uh, U.S. national team member to join the class that includes SUNY Lee, as everybody knows. So Auburn Gymnastics going to be exciting. Auburn Arena going to have a very exciting uh, spring semester. Very exciting spring lineup indeed. And if you want to get that kicked off, once again, you can do so by heading to Ladies Basketball tonight. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Doors open 90 minutes before, as always. Wear white if you're going to support the ladies against Georgia Southern tonight 
as Coach Jay looks to get her tenure here on the Plains off to a rocking start. With that, we will head to a quick break. When we come back, the much-anticipated Blitzball discussion will begin as we've got uh, Davis going to tell about his harrowing tales at the dish last night. <laughs> we'll get to it and more in about two minutes. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WeGLFF.com, and so many other places. Uh, welcome into the show today. We're having a great time hanging out with Alex and Davis on a Thursday morning, a Veterans Day morning, a potentially rainy morning as we get along with the show. We're hanging out with you until 10 a.m. this morning. Then we got two hours of rock music coming on. After that, so keep the dial right here on the Big 91, WEGL 91.1 FM. All right, yesterday, Davis and I went to the hardware store, and we, uh, we, we assembled a strike zone to play Blitzball upon. Sure did. And uh, so that was, that was our project for yesterday. If you don't know what Blitzball is, Blitzball is this, this lawn sport that's kind of taken the country by storm over this past summer and year as everyone's been, uh, been stuck, stuck inside and needed to get back outside and do something. It's a lot like wiffle ball, but uh, unlike wiffle ball, there's no holes in the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one hole in the ball because it's a plastic mold. But it's uh, the best I can describe it, it's, it's kind of like a soccer ball, right? It's made up of hexagons. Yes. It's like a dodecahedron. A lot more hexagons. But, but a lot more than hexagons. a soccer ball. Um, and what that does... This creates a lot more drag, a lot more air resistance, and a lot more coordinated uh, uh, spin on the ball. So what you can do is you can uh, you can get a lot of break, spin, English, if you will, on the ball with very little mechanical effort out of your arm. So you can uh, you can really throw a hanging slider without uh, giving yourself Tommy John. I don't know. After uh, after the organization meeting, Will Root threw a couple, and then he said he needed to have Tommy John surgery. So I'm not sure if that assessment is 100. percent It just depends correct. on how you throw. Because my arm was hurting for a little bit, but I then I switched up how I threw it, and now it feels amazing right now. People were injured. <laughs> All <laughs> so right, bodies were piling up. I mean, as we we were concerned. Uh, so what you can, yeah, you can. Uh, there's there's very specific placements you can do with your finger according to the Blitzball website, or you can just make up your own pitch and see how, see what action you can get the ball to do on, on your own. And, but the idea with the strike zone is that because the ball is moving so much, it's pretty much impossible to tell uh, where the ball ended up when it crossed the, uh, the hypothetical plate. So uh, it, it's basically a, a strike zone-sized piece of uh, pipe that uh, has, has, ours has a wire grate so you can see through uh, attached it. to it, so you can see through it, and it makes a satisfying clink sound as if a ball has hit a chain link fence. If uh, if indeed a strike has gotten past you and uh, made contact with the zone, you know I want to play again already. It's uh it's, it's addictive. It's addicting. It's uh it, it feels really powerful to to watch a ball come off your hands and and slice through the air as if you're a, a big league pitcher from from very minimal effort on your behalf. Another thing, the difference between the wiffle balls, it obviously doesn't have the hole, and it's a lot harder to doctor because with wiffle balls, I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be harder to do. With wiffle balls, one of the things is you put your finger into the hole, like just your, your index finger so you can flick 
flick it off and you get like a knuckle movement and then you like grate you get like a cheese grater and you like scratch on the wiffle ball and it gets a lot more movement like the blitz ball but you mm. cannot really do with the blitz ball or you'll lose kind of a lot of the drag that it has curious i believe you couldn't do it but i guess we could try we um, need to get more blitz balls already i mean we gotta we gotta go get accessories right now i just learned there's a blitz ball power bat that i need to get my hands on uh, uh, sending it to the moon if I have that. One of the uh, the great benefits of a blitz ball is even if, if if a ball gets absolutely rocked, it's only going about a hundred feet. So it usually goes straight up in the air if you get even a little bit under it as well. You can always uh, it, it's really to work on your pitching and and your contact, but it's uh, it's it's, it's a very fun contained game. You can have have fun with two people even, uh, and uh, the more the merrier. I think as you, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to to play some more. But uh, I, I was re- we were really inspired by the uh, the back alley at bats series uh, by our by our friends over at John Boy Media on YouTube. So if you want to see some real crazy blitzball action, you can always just search for generic blitzball highlights and see some see some balls you know curve out around first base and come back and hit the strike zone. Or you can always watch the back alley at bats series on YouTube by John Boy Media. Much more fun that way. Yeah, little 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 higher personality. Some fun fun personalities, fun fun commentary, fun fun uh, camera angles. It's fun all around. Fun all around. Much like, like a lot of fun, Davis. Much like blitzball. Um, so here's hoping that we can uh, play that some more in the future. I've uh, I'm really I I really enjoy pitching. It's a uh, it's, it's a lot. Fun. It's it's a it's it makes you understand even though it's it's like a piece of plastic. That we got for four dollars. It makes you understand the big leaguers a little more, even even if it's just a little more. And I will say, I was up to bat for a good portion of that. You were working on some some new pitches, some new things in your repertoire, and Jack had some nasty pitches. I I, I was hitting. I I think I did pretty good at the plate last night for the most part. But there was. You got something to say over there, Alex? No, no, no. I think I did pretty good at the plate for the most part, but there was a few there was a few times where Jack started to trick me. I just I, I my my method my 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 method last night my idea to hit was right when it left your hand, depending on where I saw it leaving your hand, I was gonna tell myself it's a strike or a ball, and then I'd swing, which isn't an amazing strategy. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not foolproof with blitz ball, mm-hmm. but I think it worked decently well last night. But you had one pitch. Last night, that I thought was a surefire strike, dropped right out from under me. It was, I mean, it disgusting. Like, it looked like it was a fastball high and away, Shoop! and it right down fell off a table and landed on the dirt. I ended up on my knee from it because I, I, I tried to follow it down. Man, it was uh the the thing about the blitz ball is you can really you can just put put some force behind it and it'll go somewhere you weren't even expecting. Even as the pitcher, I, I have I wasn't sure where it was going, but I knew if I threw it hard enough and aimed it, you know. In the general direction of Davis, if it didn't hit him, it was probably going to hit the strike zone. I'm having issues still with getting the control on it because I feel like I can kind of get the spin sometimes, but it's just getting it where I want it to go is what I'm still working on. And I think another thing uh, worth bringing up is getting hit by the blitz ball, which happens more often. It hurts it a little does, more than you think. Than it does in a wiffle ball, just because you're the ball's moving a lot more mm-hmm. and it's a little harder to control. So I think there, there were quite a quite a number of plunks as we played last night, but. I couldn't figure out because sometimes it would really hurt, and sometimes I it felt like a cotton ball hit me. I think sometimes it just depends on how hard. Like if you chuck that, if I chucked it full speed at you, mm-hmm. it's gonna hurt. Yeah. But like sometimes if you're just throwing like an off speed, it's kind of coming off your hand slower. Maybe it's whether or not you hit a corner or a flat. 
from the from the hexagon makes contact. I mean, maybe it, it is a bit of a stinger when it hits you. It does. One time I hit my I was playing with my brother, and I threw a really hard fastball and it hit him on the leg and he had a welt on his leg for like the next day. I gotta say, unfortunate. So, it was very unfortunate. unfortunate indeed. All right. Well, I think that's gonna end it for blitzball chat today. If you have a blitzball take, if you've played blitzball, if you want to play blitzball, if you have any questions about blitzball that we as novices can answer. Uh, you can uh, go ahead and send us a tweet at cdiscau. That's at c-d-i-s-c-a-u. We've already gotten some good feedback on the Twitter today from the likes of Daniel and Harrison Tarr, friends of the show. So if you want to join them in giving the show some feedback, you can do so at cdiscau. That's at c-d-i-s-c-a-u on Twitter. We're about to head to a quick break as we go to our 9 o'clock break. But I would like to remind you this is a special message from Michael Floyd, vice president of the Auburn Jungle. On Thursday, Coach Johnny Harris makes her coaching debut as the women basketball quad squad rather hosts Georgia Southern at 7 p.m. inside Auburn Arena. Stop by and cheer on the Lady Tigers and wear white as we white out the Eagles tonight in Auburn Arena. Lastly, if you have not received your official Jungle shirt, make sure you sign up and tell your friends to sign up before noon on Friday. You'll be able to pick up your shirt before the game tips off on Friday. Um, so if you have not done that yet, if you'd like to get your official shirt from the Auburn Jungle featuring the Jungle logo, the Auburn logo, and a basketball, very cool shirt, it's white, what you can do is you can go to auburntigers.com slash jungle, J-U-N-G-L-E, and uh, fill out the form at the bottom of the page, put in your email, your banner ID, your shirt size, and if you show up to the game before about 30 minutes before tip on Friday, so uh, get there at least an, uh, an hour before the game, you will be able to uh, visit a Jungle member, either myself, Jacob Hillman, uh, Michael Floyd, Bay Marks, or any other number of members of the Jungle on Friday, and you can uh, collect your official shirt of the Jungle. But if you want to do that, you will, of course, have to sign up before noon, 12 Central Time on Friday, so we can get your name on the list. And that is your, uh, that's, a, that's a quick Jungle PSA from uh, Jacob Hillman, Michael Floyd, and the rest of us over at the Auburn Jungle which is uh, representing the loudest roar in the country, your student section here at Auburn University. And with that, we're going to head to a quick five-minute break. When we come back, the second half of the show, keep it right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We are hanging out with you on a Thursday morning, a Veterans Day. This is the uh, finale of Compact Discourse for this week, so we will be talking college football in the second hour as we preview the uh, weekend ahead as Auburn will take on Mississippi State and a whole lot more as the college football playoff continues to gain intrigue as weeks go on. Uh, all that and more, you're hanging out with Alex Davis and Jack on the Big 91 WEGL FM. We'll be back in about five minutes with the rest of the show. Hey, what's up, radio listeners? We got a secret exclusive for you here. You can't hear this on the podcast because it's copyrighted, but we're about to play Magnolia <laughs> by. Uh, Playboy Cardi featuring Pierre Bourne. So if you're produced listening, by Pierre Bourne. If you're listening on the radio, yeah. you get to hear it. If you're listening on the podcast, you can't hear it. So that's why you get to listen live, <laughs> 8 to 10 a.m. right here in Auburn, Alabama, 91.1 FM. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex and Davis, hanging out with you on a Thursday morning, the 11th day of the 11th month of the year. Boom. That's where we are. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, indeed. Uh, welcoming you into the show, Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. 
So I hope you're enjoying that. Thank you for choosing to spend your Thursday morning with us here on the Big 91. Uh, with that, we are going to jump right in to uh, we'll spend we'll spend a few minutes talking about the history of Veterans Day. If you uh, are, are so inclined, Davis, sure. Would you, would you like to learn something? I'll learn something. Uh, World War One, often known as the Great War at the time, officially ended when the Treaty of Versailles was signed on June 28, 1919, and the Palace of Versailles outside the town of Versailles, France. Very fitting. However, fighting ceased seven months earlier when an armistice of temporary a temporary cessation of hostilities between the Allied nations and Germany went into effect on the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month. For that reason, November 11th, 1918, is generally regarded as the, the end of the war to end all wars. In November 1919, President Wilson proclaimed number, November 11th as the first commemoration of Armistice Day with the following words. To us in America, the reflections of Armistice Day will be filled with solemn pride and the heroism of those who died in the country's service and with gratitude for the victory, both because of the thing from which it has freed us and because of the opportunity it has given America to show her sympathy with peace and justice in the councils of the nations. The original concept for the celebration was a day observed with parades and public meetings and a brief suspension of businesses beginning at 11 a.m. The United States Congress officially recognized the end of World War I when it passed a concurrent resolution on June 4, 1926, when it became an official holiday. Later, that's uh, back in 1954, November 11th became a day to honor American veterans of all wars and not just World War I. Later that same year, on October 8th, President Eisenhower issued the Veterans Day Proclamation, which stated, in order to ensure proper and widespread observance of this anniversary, all veterans, all veterans organizations, and the entire citizenry will wish to join hands in the common purpose. Toward this end, Eisenhower designated the Administration of Veterans Affairs as a chairman of a Veterans Day National Committee, which shall include such other persons the chairman may select to coordinate the national level of necessary planning of the observance of Veterans Day. And uh, here we are, observing Veterans Day today. So thank a veteran if you have not already today. And uh, just uh, take a moment of reflection to enjoy what uh, Veterans Day means to you and means to others. And uh, just another note on that, you may be seeing, uh, this is a more of a English and Canadian thing, but around uh, social media today, you may be seeing what appears to be a red-orange circle or flower pattern with a black dot in the middle. That is indeed a poppy flower, which is a symbol of Veterans Day. Those sprouted up on Flanders Field following the Battle of Ypres. Ypres? Y-P-R-E-S? I don't know French or Flemish or Belgium for that matter. So uh, that is a symbol of Veterans Day. It was a symbol of life after so much death following the Battle of Ypres in World War I. So that is why the poppy has been chosen as the symbol of Veterans Day, especially World War I veterans, and especially in Canada and the United Kingdom. So you may see that alongside hashtag lest we forget, reminding us to never forget the sacrifice made by veterans in wars around the globe. So keep that in mind today as you go about your day. Uh, enjoy your Veterans Day, uh, soak it in, remember what it means, and try to have a great day and thank a veteran along the way. Alex, Davis, closing thoughts. I will say uh, this is just one thing that I saw last year on last Veterans Day. There's an important distinction between Memorial Day yes. and Veterans Day. I know for a lot of people it kind of bleeds together, but they are very, very distinct. Veterans Day is celebrating and remembering those all who fought in the U.S. Army and in wars, and Memorial Day is specifically those who lost their lives at war. And they're very distinct, and I know I, I can't speak from personal experience, but I'm I'm at least somewhat aware that 
Those who did serve, it's a very important distinction for them. Davis, you may know more yeah, about my that dad, than I. Yeah, my dad, it, it's, it's very, uh, has a lot of gripes with people that say happy, that tell like him or other living veterans happy Memorial Day when it is Memorial Day. He just, he'd like for people to be educated on it, and that's something he does when they do. All right, if you're listening to Compact Discourse, you are indeed educated as well. So that's, that's why you got to tune in every day. All right. Um, we also had a, uh, a radio exclusive song that played during the 9 o'clock break. You may have heard that. So if you want to listen to the radio or the web stream in the future, go ahead and request us a song. We might just play it at the 9 o'clock break here in the future. So just keep that in mind as you go about your day. We're going to head to a quick break. And when we return, the football chat will continue as we get on with the show. College Football Saturday coming up later on. So we will get to all of that and more as we progress throughout the show. You're joined by Alex Davis and Jack Hart right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to <clears throat> Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside the one and only co-sports director, Alex Houston, here at WEGL. And sports indeed will be what we are getting to today as week 10 of the NFL is just about here as Baltimore will be traveling to South Beach to take on the Dolphins tonight at 7.20 Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network. So, I guess it. you could watch that. It's going to be on if you're bored. I really don't. Uh, There's it, no it, reason to watch that game. If I may um, direct back to what we talked about just before the breaks, I saw something else. Uh, today is also the 100th year anniversary of the dedication of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which is in the Arlington Cemetery. Oh, very nice. And that's so that's essentially just further, further education in, in the themes of what we were talking about earlier. That tomb essentially works for those soldiers who cannot be identified, who are lost at war and cannot be brought home. That is where they are all quote, buried, so that's, and that's something that's been going on for 100 years, and it's just celebrating its anniversary today, and people go by and, th- and put down flowers, and it was initially one particular unknown soldier who was brought back and was not able to be identified, and now it sort of represents all those who have been lost or unable to be identified, so that's celebrating its 100th birthday, I guess. It was uh, initially uh, created November 11th, 1921, after World War One. So yeah, Very nice. That. Sorry, now we can talk about sports. No, no, no. Great information. I've uh, have you been to the tomb of the unknown soldier? I I have not. I went to Arlington Cemetery um, a, many years ago, but I don't think we went to the tomb of the unknown soldier. I was ten, and I can't really remember a lot of it. But that's a question for my my parents. But the Arlington Cemetery really is something to see. It's it very, is very uh, sobering, somber experience. It, exactly, it really is, and it's it's really just you know you almost don't want to say it's on your tour guide list, but it's such a place to see and an experience, as you said, such a somber and sobering experience is a great way to describe Mm -hmm. it i think it's really something that all people should see at least once just because of all the importance of that place and again things like the tomb for the unknown soldier right there's just so much packed into such a small area exactly it's really worth your time to check out definitely all right well with that we will move on to sports we have some breaking news out of the queen city whoa cam newton will meet with quarterback needy carolina panthers 
I really can't believe this. I'm surprised that the Panthers are going to give in before Ron Rivera does, to be honest. But as at, to, Ron Rivera is more focused on re-signing and releasing kickers every other week. What? So clearly he's got more pressing matters to attend to than fixing, you know, the rest of the franchise. All right. So. The ink has barely dried on this one, folks. <clears throat> Jonathan Alexander from the Charlotte Observer writes, Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule, owner David Tepper, and Stephen Drummond, the vice president of football operations, plan to meet with former Panthers quarterback Cam Newton, Auburn graduate, on Thursday, according to three sources with knowledge of the situation. Newton, age 32, is a free agent and has been looking for a home since New England released him in August. The Panthers are in need of another quarterback, additional testing, on starting quarterback Sam Darnold's shoulder on Tuesday revealed he has an incomplete fracture in his right shoulder blade, letting the burden fall on P.J. Walker? Tucker? I don't even know. P.J. Walker, P. Walker. Uh, former XFL quarterback. That's right. The team believes he suffered the injury in the second quarter of the Panthers game against the Patriots on Sunday. It was a separate injury from the one he suffered against the Falcons two weeks ago. Backup quarterback P.J. Walker is expected to start, and veteran, uh-oh, Matt Barkley will back him up. Neither quarterback has had much success in their NFL careers. Walker won his lone start in 2020 against the Detroit Lions, 20 to nothing, a game I slept all the way through, uh, but also through two interceptions. Barkley has thrown 11 touchdowns and 22 interceptions in his seven-year career. And Yikes. the 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 big question right now is why do you bring in Cam Newton? Because it almost makes Sam Darnold a lame duck quarterback. Note the Panthers exercised Sam Darnold's fifth-year option. This is not like the NBA where it's the next year. It's actually the following year. So it was not the 2021 season, but the 2022 season, of which Sam Darnold will be on the team for a guaranteed $18.858 million. That's a lot of cheddar. And bringing Cam Newton is one way to turn the fan base on him. I mean, again, most of the fan base has already turned on Sam Darnold because they have discovered what I already knew. Sam Darnold's not that good of a quarterback. You unfortunately sorry about it hey it's, darnold it's it, it it seems to be reality at this I mean, point with no, his play in the last few no weeks. coming back from seeing ghosts these days that I tell the, you one could say that one could certainly say that the, mono, I think, the mononucleosis just gets to you in in, in reality I, I don't think he's so terrible of a quarterback but i think bringing cam newton makes him the lame duck i mean well how is he going to win the job back yeah cam newton's going to have the fan base behind him he can't do much worse than Sam Darnold has done the last few weeks, to be honest. That's not, you know, Fair. that like that's no disrespect meant, but Sam Darnold has been bad. And Cam is Cam Newton. And he is an electric player that will have the whole fan base behind him. So this doesn't really solve anything to me for the Panthers because Cam is Cam and I like Cam, but Cam's not going to get them to the playoffs, in my opinion. They are four and five. They're not going to win the division. And I do not believe they will. They got the Cardinals coming up. They've got to play the Bucks twice, the Saints, and the Bills. I think the three winnable games on their schedule are Washington, Miami, and Atlanta, which brings them to seven wins. Will they? I, I, they're not going to get past eight, in my opinion. So, what does this solve? In my opinion, it doesn't solve anything. Seven could be enough. I don't think it will be. Not in this. I don't N- think it will be. Not in this NFC. Because I mean, it's, seven is only enough to win the East. A four and four Panthers team was in the playoff picture, lest we forget last week. True, true. I would I would say it's it's enough to win a the NFC East, but to get a playoff spot, a wild card, I don't think it's going to happen just because of a lot of the other talent teams. But again, I mean, Donald, his last three weeks, he has thrown zero touchdowns. He has thrown four interceptions. He has not eclipsed two hundred yards. Since 
a game against Minnesota on October 17th. He's eclipsed only 200 yards twice since the month of October began. He has only two games with double-digit touchdowns and three games with double-digit interceptions. He's been bad, and Cam, I don't think he'll do much worse. But what does it solve for Carolina? I'm not sure if it solves anything. Very little indeed. Well, that is the situation in Charlotte. We'll uh, anxiously await to see as that one develops. And uh, I don't know, could they grab him before Sunday, or are they stuck with uh, with old? I, I can't imagine you grab him before Sunday. Even if you, even if I mean, you can sign him, but I mean, that's one way to torpedo your next best mm-hmm. option is by putting him out against. Let's see who they're playing this Saturday. They're playing the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, okay, putting him out against one of the best defenses in in the NFL and saying, all right, just figure it out as you go. Yeah. Again, this is not the Ron Rivera Panthers or the Scott Turner Panthers. These are a new era in Carolina and a new offense. So he's got to learn some stuff. So, you know, they've got that game against the Cardinals, and I believe they have a bye week. So why not bring him in, you know, not actually, no, they, okay, so they don't have a bye week until three weeks from now, but bring him in. Don't bring him again against the Cardinals. Have him learn. Get him a chance to learn against two bad defenses in Washington and Miami. Then get that bye week. And maybe you can turn something around yeah. after the bye week. But, again, I don't think it solves much for Carolina. Let Matt Barkley run the show for now. No, P.J. Walker, do not put Matt Barkley on the field. He looks so fun. No. He looks like worse Pat McAfee. Matt Barkley is was a, he experienced a bad case of what I would say the NFL got was, you know, Ah, yes, a USC quarterback. He must be amazing. And turns out they never were. Like, ever. I mean, think about it. In the last, say, 20 years, how many USC quarterbacks have ended up being good in the NFL? Mm, uh, Never. No one. No, no, no. One. Carson Palmer. I mean. Carson Palmer was good. He had a long career. But I, I count that as good. But when was he quarterback at USC? He was quarterback at USC in, like, 2003. He won the Heisman. Hmm. Uh, is that is that ten year twenty years ago ten years ago? Yeah, I said twenty. So okay. See, I was thinking Matt Leinart. Ah, uh, no, Matt Leinart, bad. Yes, Leinart was See. the successor to Carson Palmer. Man, this guy looks rough. Uh, <laughs> just Google him. Sorry, I was I was on Matt Barkley's uh, Twitter account. Oh lord, my like... wife is currently reading the hashtag Bitcoin white paper. Oh. <laughs> so quite that, quite that, the tweet from Matt Barkley. That's my quarterback. That 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 is your quarterback. Well, it could be worse. Uh, it could be worse indeed. Um, we could be in the situation that OBJ is in right now, as Odell Beckham Jr. cut from the or released from the Browns on Monday is potentially looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, and New Orleans Saints as potential landing spots. Uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini says on Wednesday. Um, the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots are also among the teams pursuing him as well. I think the Packers would it would be in their best interest to get OBJ. I think you can get him for a limited amount of money. The Packers want him, and then again, I guess it depends on what Aaron Rodgers wants because Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb so desperately to catch twenty five passes in a seventeen game season. But anyway, I think they should get him because that distracts more of the defense from Devontae Adams, who is probably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Not probably. He definitely is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Maybe the best. So I think the Packers should go after him first and foremost. I'm not sure if he solves any of the Chiefs' problems because the Chiefs have talent. Mm-hmm. They just aren't executing. That's right. And I'm not sure if OBJ is going to fix that. I'm not sure that uh, powder keg is good to have in the locker room either. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think, I think yeah, it's just the Chiefs are – like a team like the Chiefs, I just don't think it works. And again, I don't think that's the problem for the Chiefs. Where with Green Bay, 
you can always have more tools in an offense where your second option is Valdez Scantling or Alan Lazard. Make no mistake about it, I like both those players, mm-hmm. but they're not a good they're not a good second fiddle to Devontae Adams. They should be third. So another wide receiver, especially when you just lost Robert Tanyan, you know, your your offensive weapons are getting limited. And it's gonna get down the stretch. You're gonna want a fresher face. OBJ is the guy to go to. All right, OBJ indeed. NFL actually being a little bit intriguing as the season moves on. A lot of players moving around, not something I expected as the season looked to stagnate a little bit. Excitement is returning to the NFL, including potentially Cam Newton back to the Panthers. Unbelievable moves being made so far of the season in the quarterback-starved league. All right, when we come back, we got weather and we got college football as we are just uh, days away from Auburn taking on Mississippi State and a whole lot more as the playoff still has yet to be shaken out. Michigan State fell off the top four yesterday. We'll see who replaces them coming up this week. Welcome back. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Thank you to those who have stuck around with us for this entire 90 minutes so far. If you've had to leave, that's understandable. If you're just now joining us, welcome in. You're listening to Auburn's only student-run morning drive-time talk show, 8 to 10 a.m. every Monday through Thursday, except for uh, two weeks from today when we'll be all on Thanksgiving break. So... Uh, keep that in mind as you plan your November mornings accordingly. I hope you're enjoying your Veterans Day. Hope the rain is not getting to you quite yet, but do plan for it because it is coming here in Lee County and the surrounding areas in our broadcast sphere. If you are uh, not in our immediate area, uh, the weather report's not going to help you out much, but I would encourage you to look up your local weather as well because it's nice to know. With that, we are going to hit your local weather report here for the uh, 3683 blank area code area and that is going to be 62 degrees and cloudy right now for auburn alabama high of 73 low of 49 with some decent cloud cover Uh, it's going to get up to 70 degrees this afternoon but expect rain with that temperature spike 58 percent chance of showers continuing into the evening 60 degrees will be your temp then overnight temp of 53 degrees with a nine percent chance of rain overnight as this band of storms continues to move across the continental United States from west to east. Uh, Winds light and variable, 9 miles per hour. Currently heading in a northwesterly direction, uh, 91% humidity. Visibility is 9 miles today, and the ever-important sunset will be at 4.43 p.m. tonight. So it will be getting dark nice and early, nice and early uh, this evening. And with that, we will uh, we will jump over to college football. Uh, speaking of that, well, let's talk about the weather for college football, which is coming up on Saturday. If you are going to be here in Auburn, Alabama, the high is 57, the low is 34. It's going to be sunny during the day and clear skies during the night. It will be cold, though, however, especially for November standards. Uh, the high is 57. Uh, winds will be northwest 10 to 15 miles per hour, so plan accordingly for that wind. Sun is going to rise at 6 in the morning. Sun will set at 441. Uh, nighttime temp is going to be 34, like I said. Uh, winds 6 miles per hour. And uh, get this, uh, maybe the first freeze of the later part of the year Whoa. here in Auburn. So plan accordingly for that if you are going to be out celebrating rolling tumors late at night 
Um, bring a jacket. That's all. That's all we ask. Definitely. All right, and that's gonna do it for your Auburn, Alabama weather report. You can uh, listen to WEGL throughout the day for weather reports at the top of every hour. For Eagle Weather. With that, it's the perfect time to jump right in to NCAA college football week eleven. And before we get started, let's just hit the scoreboard and talk about what we have to expect in the top twenty-five. Tonight, we got North Carolina. The Tar Heels will be traveling to Heinz Field to take on Kenny Pickett and the Panthers of Pitt. Pitt favored by a touchdown in this one over-under set at 73. Kenny Pickett already thrown 29 touchdowns on the year. Let's head on over to South Florida, where in Ray J, the Tampa Bay Florida South Bulls will be taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats, number five in the land, undefeated. 5-0 in conference play, 9-0 overall. Desmond Ritter thrown for 20 touchdowns. Cincinnati's favored by 23 in this one. Let's hit your Saturday schedule. 11 o'clock games. New Mexico State will be playing Alabama. 52-point spread in that one. Bryce Young's third for 28 touchdowns on the year. Michigan traveling to Happy Valley to take on the Penn State. Nittany Lions, University Park, Pennsylvania. Michigan Michigan is favored by one and a half in this one. Oklahoma, tough road trip at 11 a.m. to Baylor to take on the Baylor Bears in Waco, McLean Stadium. Gary Bohannon's thrown for 15 touchdowns on the year. Number eight, Oklahoma, still undefeated on the Plains. You got Mississippi State taking on number 17, Auburn in Jordan-Hare. Auburn's favored by five and a half. Let's travel over to uh, Camp Randall, where Wisconsin will be hosting Northwestern. Wisconsin's favored by 25. Arizona looks to win another game as they are hosting number 24, Utah. Utah's favored by 24 in this one. Georgia will be traveling up to Rocky Top to take on Tennessee. Number one, Georgia still undefeated. Tennessee's 5-4. Purdue, the spoiler makers, look to continue their tour of duty against the Ohio State Buckeyes, looking to repeat their 2018 performance. Ohio State is 8-1. Ohio State is favored by 21. Over in the Big Ten, we got Iowa hosting Minnesota. Big Ten West matchup. Iowa's favored by 5.5. UTSA looking to keep the streak alive. They're 9-0, taking on Southern Miss at 2.30 in the Alamo Dome. Michigan State coming off a loss. We'll have to beat Maryland. Uh, they're 8-1, number 7 in the land. Big SEC West matchup as Texas A&M will take on Ole Miss in Vaught-Hemingway. Uh, we got Notre Dame and Virginia in Charlottesville. NC State and Wake Forest in a ranked SEC matchup. Number 25, Arkansas travels to Death Valley to take on LSU. Favored by 2.5, Oklahoma State will host Texas Christian. Oregon will be hosting Washington State. The Cougs in Alton Stadium, 8-1 are the Oregon Ducks. And lastly, the San Diego State Aztecs, number 22 in the country, will be hosting the Nevada Wolfpack, as Carson Strong for Nevada has thrown for 25 touchdowns and 3,200 yards on the year so far. So, big performance. Expect uh, 7-2 Nevada at 9.30 p.m. Central Time at San Diego State. That will be a uh, late game worth watching, if you ask me. I completely agree. A lot of exciting games, honestly, this weekend. I I had not gotten a look at the schedule until now. A lot of a lot of big games for Auburn fans. A and M versus Ole Miss is the biggest game on the schedule for mm-hmm. anyone, everyone in the well, SEC. Really, second biggest game for Besi- Auburn. besides Auburn's own game. Yes, but I mean in terms of looking at the rest of the schedule for yeah. for Oklahoma State, quietly rooting for the Sooners at their 11 a.m. big noon kick. As much as people love Big 12 chaos, it is in the interest of the of the Oklahoma State Cowboys to have the Oklahoma Sooners undefeated when Bedlam hits. Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater later this year. Going to be an exciting game then. And just going down the list some more. Yeah, another ranked v. ranked matchup. NC State takes on Wake Forest, who are 8-1 after that loss to uh, 
Who did they lose to? North Carolina. They did in Sam a Hart- crazy game. Sam Hartman v. Sam Howell. Sam Hartman is thrown for 27 touchdowns and 2,900 yards. Wake is favored by just a mere two points in this one, but the over-under is right where it needs to be at 66.5, as expects some points to be scored in this one. I think we've seen um, you know, teams like Wake Forest, once their undefeated season is ended, they sort of collapse on themselves like they've got nothing left to play for. Wake has no, a lot. Iowa. Yes, Iowa specifically has done Big Ten teams like that have done that in the past for years. But Wake has a lot to play for. If they if they win this Saturday, it'll be the most wins that head coach Dave Clawson has ever had with the Demon Deacons, and he's been there since twenty fourteen. Wow. The the best year they've ever had was an eight and five year. They're currently eight and one. They very likely will be in a New Year's six if they win out. They've got a chance to win an ACC yeah. championship game this ACC championship this year or make the ACC championship. A yeah. lot left to play for. Let's see if he can rally the Demon Deacons and, if you and can, get a top t- top twenty five win, a top twenty win over a good NC State Wolfpack team. And if you can find a silver lining in blowing a fourteen point fourth quarter lead, just keep in mind that loss to uh, North Carolina does not count against you in the ACC. Exactly, standings. they are still five and zero, and with everything in front of them in the ACC, I'm looking at the standings right now. I mean, are they are they set to square up with Pitt? Is that, so, is that the showdown? It's looking like it'll be Pittsburgh or possibly Virginia is still in contention, though, Vir- which Virginia plays Pitt next week on the road. Yeah, they'll be so, coming off a tough game against Notre Dame, though. Exactly. They they certainly will. But right now, Pitt seems to be the favorite. But Pitt's remaining schedule, North Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse. And if you believe it, if North Carolina can pull a win over Pitt, they will bring themselves right back in as Pitt has to finish off with Virginia at home but then travel to Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, which is honestly the ultimate trap game if there ever is one because Syracuse is always so bad, but they find a way to randomly beat people at the Carrier Dome hey, once every two they years. They got a new roof. They finally have air conditioning. Exactly. All very exciting things play. at the Carrier Dome. So, yeah, Wake Forest, a lot to play for still in the ACC and in college football in general for them. Let's see if they can rally around and really, you know, finish the season on a good note. That will definitely be decided in part by this game this Saturday because this will be a huge opportunity to honestly possibly catapult themselves into the top 10 with a win over a back into the top 10 with a win over NC State and also Oklahoma State playing TCU TCU just upset Baylor a week after firing not firing mutually agreeing to part ways with longtime head coach Gary Patterson the second longest tenured coach in the FBS currently no longer mm-hmm. so now Oklahoma State has to face that same TCU team. TCU has nothing to play for but a bowl game and causing chaos. So big things for Oklahoma State. they got to stay focused on getting that win and just get to Bedlam. Because if they can get to Bedlam with their current record and face off against the Oklahoma team that is undefeated, you never know what could happen. Yeah, and we'll, we'll close off with some Big Ten chat. Uh, Michigan State is going to have to defeat Maryland at home. Uh, Tagovailoa in that one, he's thrown for he's your leading passer in that matchup. He's thrown for twenty eight hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns so far this year. True, but I mean, what people will often remember is in their two big ranked matchups, they lost a combined. Let's see, they only scored thirty thirty three points, or no, excuse me, thirty one points, and Iowa and Ohio State combined for a hundred and seventeen. So mm-hmm. not ideal for and Tagovailoa in that game against Iowa. Two touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah. And we can also play the Who Wants to Win the Big Ten West game as not only are Northwestern and Wisconsin playing, Wisconsin's 4-2 and two in Big Ten play, but somebody has to win this Minnesota-Iowa game. They are both sitting at 4-2 and two in conference play. That one is in Iowa City, and Minnesota coming off that terrible loss to Illinois last week. Iowa's coming off a, I don't even know who they lost to last week. They win? I, I, b- I think they actually... 
they did win. They beat. Oh, they beat Northwestern they beat by Northwestern five. By five. Yeah. Ouch. So someone has to win this game in Kinnick Stadium. And uh, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, whoever wins on Saturday in Kinnick might just be heading to Indianapolis, which is complete insanity, to be honest. Because I mean, looking at that, looking at the Big Ten. First of all, they need to reshuffle their divisions because the Big Ten East is so top-heavy compared to the absolute dud of the Big Ten West. You've got a four-way tie for first place. And does anybody really deserve it? Sure, Wisconsin's playing good football, but, I mean, they were absolutely terrible to start the year. They've certainly turned it around, but, I mean, just insanity in the Big Ten. And it may come down to Wisconsin at Minnesota for in the final game of the season. Yep. Uh... Big Ten's going to Big Ten. And with that, we got plenty more college football talk to get to, including UConn has a coach. Woo! And he's a pretty good one, too. And we I also got I don't know about that one. Georgia on upset watch and Rocky Top, question mark. No. Hashtag meep meep as UTSA looks to go 10-0 against Southern Miss in the Alamo Dome. All that and more after a quick break. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart. As always, join alongside Alex Houston to talk college football with you for about 12 more minutes before they kick us out of here on a Thursday morning. Welcome into the show, Alex. We got plenty to talk about uh, as we wind down college football talk to get excited for the weekend. Uh, we've got UConn hiring former UCLA coach Jim Mora to lead their football program. UConn has hired former UCLA and NFL coach Jim Mora to lead the program. Mora will begin as an assistant this season to start recruiting for the 1-8 and eight UConn Huskies. Yeah, uh, Jim Mora from the Atlanta Falcons from 2004 to 2006, the Seattle Seahawks in 2009, and then UCLA from 2012 to 2017. He was actually fired from the Atlanta Falcons in oh. 2006 after they were finished the season 7 and 9. They were in the wild card race at 7 and 6 in December when Mora went on a local radio show and said, "quote not 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 direct quote here, but he said he would take the head coaching job at the University of Washington, a job that was not open at the time, quote, even if the Falcons were in a playoff run." He additionally specified that he was dead serious about his desire for the Washington job and then later backpedaled and uh said, oh, yeah, just a joke. And then, of course, he had a chance to pursue that job when the Falcons fired him that offseason. And everybody else is bringing up the point that why is uh, he not waiting for the Washington job to open up because the Washington job will very likely open up with head coach Jimmy Lake leading him to a 4-5 and record this season, including a loss to FCS Montana. Montana. A 21-point loss to to Michigan. They just got a 10-point loss to Oregon. And last year... In vintage Pac-12 fashion, in one of the craziest seasons ever, they finished as co-champions of the Pac-12 because they finished three and one last year and uh, were in the Pac-12 championship game, but then had to cancel, which then put Oregon. I don't even know what happened last year, but Mora at UConn. I'm not saying he can't turn it around, but UConn is a program that needs a special kind of coach, and I'm not sure if he is that coach. Mm-hmm. By not sure, I mean I don't believe he is. Curious indeed. The, the curious caper of Jim Mora making his uh, appearance in East Hartford uh, already this season to start recruiting for the Huskies. I mean, hey, if they go 6-6 six and six under him, that's a win. That is, if they go, you know, 3-9, and nine, that's a win. True, true. If they if they win more football games, then they have the previous, what is it? I mean, how, 
I'm looking back. Like, like two last... years, they've won one game I'm against pretty, Yale. I'm pretty sure that is Yale. the case. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So Yale. they're also combined eleven and forty five well, they they're not in the conference anymore, but they were eleven and forty five against the American teams. Then they decided we, we don't fit anymore, let's leave. So <laughs> it's a whole a whole mess. A whole mess indeed over in East Hartford. All right. Uh some other notable matchups on the day. Uh, you got Georgia traveling to Tennessee. Georgia's of course nine and zero, undefeated in conference play. They will be go- playing in Atlanta no matter what. They've already clinched their Big Ten East or er, SEC East championship. Uh, they will be playing the three and three in conference. Tennessee Volunteers uh, leading passer in this one is Hendon Hooker. He is uh, thrown for nineteen hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns so far in the season. As Georgia, I mean, still doesn't really have a quarterback? Question mark. Um, not that they don't have one. They I just mean, they haven't, have. They haven't specified. They can't really pick one, and neither of them are playing spectacularly. Not that they need to, to for Georgia to be a successful team. They certainly but, don't, but they haven't really figured it out yet. We'll we'll see. Um, in a, in a year where no one's good, uh, Georgia is trying their best to not be good with the quarterback situation. Yeah, that's that's very much the Kirby Smart maneuver. He's Kirby Smart is great at three things. He's great at recruiting. He's great at finding new ways to lose to Alabama, and he's great at getting very talented backup quarterbacks and running fake punts on fourth and nine with them. So that is very much vintage Kirby Smart, and the clock is almost ticking on how long until Georgia fans get annoyed with this constant quarterback controversy. There almost doesn't need to be a quarterback controversy because it happens every year. And, every year. Like, I mean, I think – it's clear, as clear as day to me, if they keep Justin Fields, they probably win a national championship. But they didn't. So they, they did not. Didn't. That's just my two cents. Kirby going to Kirby. Yes, that's the one way I could describe it. UGA's favored by 20 in this one. Georgia's not really uh, historically struggled in Neyland Stadium at all. Uh, it's not like a Alabama-Auburn situation where Alabama has Fitz and Jordan-Hare, even if Auburn is far less talented. This has been a... Uh, it's been a Sanford Stadium North for a while over in Knoxville. Yeah, I would say so, and I think that's been the case for a lot of people in the SEC. Tennessee's been so bad. Can Tennessee get the win? Yeah, will they? I don't think so. I mean, it's going to involve a lot of throwing over the top. It's 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 Neil it's Neyland and it's a hostile environment twenty years ago, but it's not anymore, and it hasn't been for a while. Mm-hmm. So I I really don't think there's a chance Georgia loses this game. Their eyes are focused, or I mean, they've got their eyes set on an SEC championship game. That's where they'll be. They'll probably win it. So I don't know how this game is going to trip them up. I mean, it's just. They're just too good. It's it's a matter of what we saw with the Auburn game where one team is just that much better than the other, and there's not really anything you can do about it. All right. Well, UTSA will be hosting Southern Mississippi uh, this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Uh, they are still undefeated. They are ranked at 23. Is that AP or college football playoff? Uh, that's playoff, actually. The playoff finally decided, wait a minute, they're not terrible mm-hmm. and decided to put them in. All I'm saying is meet meep. Meet meep, indeed. everybody – if you don't like the UTSA Roadrunners, there's something wrong with you. I'm going to be honest because there, there's nothing to dislike about this team. They're having a lot of fun under their new coach. Their new coach got signed to a massive contract extension. The players love him. They play in a really cool stadium, the Alamo Dome, which was honestly built to attract a pro team and never worked. But now, hey, maybe UTSA can turn into their place permanently. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already is. But, you know, more so than what it feels like, to be honest, where it felt like they were just, you know, happened to be there. But I'm excited for it. They should continue to climb the ranks, assuming they can continue to win out. And 
They are on the fledgling uh, CUSA, which is kind of on its last leg. We'll see how that stretches out. But right now, just mm-hmm. this season, very exciting for yeah. the Roadrunners meet meet. And they're not really having the Cincinnati issue of struggling to beat teams ever since their uh, ever since their twenty four to seventeen over win over UNLV and their three point win over Memphis. They have been blowing out opponents, including heading over to Western Kentucky, hanging fifty two on the Hilltoppers, beating Rice forty five nothing. At Louisiana Tech, they beat them 45-16 to and defeating in-state rival UTEP 44-23. Exactly. I mean, they are blowing away the conference schedule. And, and you know, make no mistake about it, this is this is the CUSA, of course, this conference USA, but UTEP's a good football team. They're a good football team this year. They'd only lost one game up to that point. People honestly were making the campaign for game day to go there, which honestly I thought that would have been really fun. I'm yeah. sure they didn't, but, you know, what can I say? So they got Southern Miss this weekend. They've got UAB who is 4-1 in conference play. Uh, they will be hosting them on the 20th, and then they will end off the season against University of North Texas, who is currently 3-6. and six. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, t- it's time to start talking to your kids about a 12-0 Roadrunner team. I, I think there's an avenue there for them. They're currently ranked 15th in the AP poll. Will they get the respect they've gotten from the AP and coaches poll from the CFP? I don't think they will. I mean, if you finish off your schedule with six straight games scoring 40 points... That's that's a statement. I mean, you can finish off your schedule with that and then probably face off against a good Marshall or Western Kentucky team, probably a Marshall, I would say, in the championship game, win that game. Put 40 yeah. on them. I, I absolutely believe they, they deserve to be at least in the top 15 at that point. Make no mistake about it. This is the same committee that, that ranked a Western Michigan team under P.J. Fleck at 15. And yep. that Western Michigan team was in the Mountain West at the time, which was about as bad as this. And about as bad as the Conference USA. Actually, no, that was Western Michigan who's in the Mid-American the Conference. Mac, I mean, they, the MAC. They which, sent them to the Cotton Bowl. Which has, the, which has the same quality of talent, in my opinion, compared to the CUSA. Oh, so yeah. the playoff committee needs to have consistency. And that consistency goes across the board to the fact that yeah. this, CU, this UTSA team beat a Memphis team that beat Mississippi State. Now, you can't use the transitive property all the time, but you need to factor that in as well into the rankings and acknowledge that this if this team can finish undefeated, they deserve respect from the committee. Let's send those runners to the Fiesta Bowl. They deserve it. I mean, look, all I'm saying is I'm I'm all for getting to see UTSA on a New Year's Day game. That'll be fun. I just, why not? Have some fun with college football. That's what makes college football so great. That's what makes college sports so great. I would tend to agree with that sentiment. All right, anything else of note on a college football Saturday? I will note that um, if you are going to be at the game on Saturday for Auburn, uh, of course, kickoff's at 11, so plan accordingly for that. I I hear rumblings, um, both literally and figuratively, that the flyover for Military Appreciation Day will be a A-10 warthog. I'm very excited for that. I love it. Yeah, it's Military Appreciation Day. It's also going to be the last official flight for the eagle known as Spirit. So Aww. Spirit is being retired. They just got the new Bald Eagle Independent. Spirit most famously flew in the 2010 National Championship game inside uh, Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, something that nobody, I think, knew about at the time that it was going to happen. So very storied, I would say, career as one of Auburn's Eagles and will be having its final flight this Saturday against Mississippi State, 11 a.m. kickoff. The flight happens at about 10.30, so be there to see that because I will be. You aren't going to want to miss it. Absolutely. Uh, Mississippi State taking on your number 17th ranked Auburn Tigers. They are still kicking and scratching, looking to stay alive in the SEC West. If they take care of business on Saturday, all eyes will be on Vaught Hemingway Stadium as Texas A&M number 11 will be taking on number 15 Ole Miss uh, to, to throw the other one a third conference loss. And that will open the door 
for a Auburn controlling their own destiny in the Iron Bowl. It's going to be chaotic down the stretch. Again, you still got to go to Williams-Brice and beat South Carolina, which, as we saw last year, apparently is not as easy a task as we all thought. Well, But maybe maybe that's isolated incident. I don't know. They had a pro-wide receiver and didn't have a coach playing quarterback. So That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, But, again, all eyes really just... Focus on the team. Just focus on what they can control, and that's that game against Mississippi State on Saturday. Mississippi State no slouch whatsoever. Only a three-point loss to Arkansas. A close game at Fayetteville, and an offense that'll be a tough matchup for Auburn. A lot of pass-heavy offense for a defensive backfield that I think has struggled this year. We'll see if it continues. We shall see, indeed, and we will see you out there at 11 a.m. in the student section uh, for Auburn versus Mississippi State, number 17 versus uh, Mississippi State. That is, as Brian Harson looks to go. 1-0 and lead the Tigers to a victory against Mike Leach and the Bulldogs from Stark Vegas. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Comic Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, however you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna, by listening to our podcast, or from WeagleFM.com. We'd like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, absolutely commercial-free, wherever podcasts are heard. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDISKU. That's at CDICSU. For links to the podcast, information about the show, important updates, and more, you can also tweet at us to get your voice on the show. We are, of course, Auburn's only student-run morning show. You can follow the station on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WEGL underscore AU. That's WEGL underscore AU. Our dedicated team of marketing professionals is working tirelessly to provide you with high-quality content for fans of the station. And with that, for Jack Hart, Grayson Moyer, Davis Carroll, Chris Tobias, Alex Houston, Daniel Locke, everybody who joined us on the show this week, thank you for spending your mornings this week with Compact Discourse. We will be back Monday morning at 8 a.m. to discuss Auburn's big win over Mississippi State. As always, this is Jack Hart signing off. Go 1-0, enjoy your weekend, and War Eagle, folks. Let's get out there and support the Tigers this weekend. Basketball, UL Monroe, tomorrow night. This just in, Davis Sports Animal Cruelty. <laughs> <laughs>